0: You're listening to The Calling. I just want to remind everyone you can catch all episodes of The Calling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Pods, and others. Simply search The Calling. If you're having difficulty locating it, please email the underscore calling at hotmail.com and the link will be sent directly to you. This week we're going to continue to explore James chapter 1. We're going to review verses 12 through 18 specifically, as well as take another look at Proverbs chapter 2, building on what we talked about last week. As a reminder, last week we discussed praising God during the trial, asking for wisdom, and how these areas relate to our spiritual development. We discussed how asking God for wisdom is something that God wants from us. He won't rebuke us. And as James moves forward with the chapter, he starts to discuss temptation. Now, temptation is defined as the desire to do something, especially something wrong or unwise. For example, I love baked goods cakes, cookies, brownies. Oh. But as my doctor can attest, this dietary choice is unwise. And we're coming into baked goods season. I remember standing in a toy store asking my mom to buy a toy, and she explained to me, no. I kept looking at this toy and envisioning all the good times I would have with this toy, how how much fun and how many activities we could do. Just so many activities. If only I had this toy, my life would be complete. It would be so much better. Just a little taste. No one has to know. That's how Temptations works, isn't it? That rush of good feelings, the thoughts of potential, the what-ifs. So as my mother walked away, I put that toy in my pocket and walked out of the store. I would repeat this temptation cycle throughout my life as I've been tempted more often than not. And as it turns out, the more I mature in my faith, the more I'm aware of the temptations surrounding me. And I've given in more times than I care to admit. But we've all experienced temptation, haven't we? Where we're offered something that sounds good, it feels good, it encourages us to go against what we know is right. No one will know. And temptation comes in all forms. That opportunity, that test, that piece of cake, that toy, that beer, that co-worker, that time we lost our temper, that computer device, that time we joined in vulgar talk, that time we walked away from doing the right thing. Insert your temptation here. Temptation is a part of being a Christian. But the trouble is we often associate temptation with the extremes in our behavior, such as addiction or sexual behavior. But temptation extends far beyond the big ones. And as a result, we start to believe the falsehood that we don't have temptation in our life. And for us to move forward together, we need to understand that we are all tempted. And more importantly, we have all fallen to temptation. Only Jesus was able to overcome this temptation of the world and and he had to die to save the rest of us. It is this concept that brings us closer to Jesus and truly understands His role in our relationship. Knowing that we're all tempted. Let's go ahead and review what James writes in, in chapter 1, starting in verse 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God has never attempting to do wrong and he never attempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Now let's just go ahead and, and pause and re-look at this part of the scripture. God blesses us when we endure and sustain the testing of temptation, echoing what he started this chapter with. But James ensures to clarify that temptation does not come from God. Do not believe the lie that God is tempting you. We have an enemy that is prowling like a lion and utilizes our own desires to drag us away. It is these underlying desires that give birth to that sinful action. Those thoughts, those opportunities, those enticements. They're all part of an underlying issue that the enemy finds and exposes within us. Could God remove temptation? Absolutely. But as we discussed last week, doing so would remove another reason to rely on God. Temptation shows our weakness and creates an opportunity to call on God for wisdom. So turning back to chapter 1, we're going to pick up in verse 16. James writes, So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down from us, from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, have become his prized possession. James finishes this section reminding us that God's prized possession is us. Reminding us that we were created with a specific purpose. Which was to be in a relationship. God doesn't change. And in fact, the Old Testament communicates the same issues with temptation, starting with the very first book in Genesis. If you're unfamiliar with Genesis, take a look. Read the Adam and Eve story. Let's go ahead and look at Proverbs chapter 2. Last week, I encouraged you to continue reading that chapter. And in case you didn't, it's okay. We're going to take a look at a couple verses. We're going to look at verse 12 and 16 specifically. Verse 12 in Proverbs chapter 2 says, Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. The author elaborates on this and kind of shows us that we need that wisdom to avoid the temptation of the evil words and the the actions that these people will lead us to. And then you get to verse 16, and Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman, from the seductive words of, of a promiscuous woman. Once again, showing us the need for wisdom to avoid these temptations. And don't get caught up on the gender identified in verse 16. Men and women are equally immoral and use seductive words and can be just as promiscuous from one to the other. Temptation is a real part of us and is a real issue for us to overcome. James writes about it, but he's not the only one. This week... Go ahead and take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Read Matthew chapter 18, chapter 26. Read Galatians chapter 6. All drawing reference to temptation and the risks involved. Now you know what temptation is and where it comes from. It's a sobering moment, isn't it, to know that we are the source of our own temptation. This can lead to guilt, among other feelings, further declaring our need for our Savior in Jesus. So let's go ahead and take a second. Think about the temptation in your life. The food, the drink, the habit, the place, the person. The trigger that causes you to have that unchristian response. Whatever it is that entices you and distracts your attention. And since we know temptation comes from our desire. After you've identified that temptation, think about what that temptation feeds. Now, I promise you we're not gonna turn this into a therapy session, but I do want to start having you acknowledge that temptation is present in your life and that we need to be prepared to address it. So go ahead, just take a second, think about that temptation in your life and what the purpose that temptation meets. Now, if you've, if you've done that, Let's be real. That need that is being met through your temptation is a lie. It's false. It's fake. It's the junk food table that I shared weeks ago when we started to discuss spiritual development. And you come to terms that this temptation is illusion. When you do this, it's an illusion of our happiness. You'll begin to turn to God at the moment temptation arrives and start to ask for wisdom. You'll start to grow and start to develop this. And God will lead you to the assistance you need to address this temptation in your life. He will encourage that conversation with your spouse, your doctor, your family, your friends, whoever. He'll help you address that inner desire that that temptation feeds. In other words, God will deliver you. How do we know? Because we know that our testing of our faith produces perseverance. It encourages and helps us grow. And God will reward us for this. We struggle with this concept because we've become so tolerant of our temptations. We don't like to feel bad about ourselves. I'm not asking you to. We're surrounded by influence that communicate. It's okay to give in. It's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. Everybody else is doing it. Our church is becoming more understanding and accepting of these situations. So let's be clear. It is not okay to sin. But... You will be okay when you sin. I can say that boldly because we have a Savior in Jesus Christ. I gave in to temptation that moment I walked out of the store with a toy I didn't pay for. Turns out my mother knew what I had and, and what I had done. And she took me by the hand and led me back to the front of the store to the manager. Had me hand the toy over and apologize. apologize. The good thoughts were now replaced with regret and remorse and embarrassment, completing that temptation rotation, that temptation cycle. The good thoughts of enticing you when you give in are almost immediately followed by remorse and guilt after the action is taken and completed. You realize that wait a minute, I shouldn't have done that. I was wrong. temptation has caused me to do all kinds of things that I'm not a proud of and it's just to be honest with you downright ashamed of I don't like to admit it but if given the opportunity I will eat an entire pack of Oreos and I could tell myself hey no one will know no one's going to miss this row of Halloween orange icing Oreos but when I'm done I'm going to look at myself and be like oh why did I do that I met that desire We are meant to have more than just our human desires. And this kind of ties into not being serving too. We're meant to turn to God. We were meant to have that relationship with Him. We're meant to be that dependent. That's who should be feeding us. And God and the enemy both know this. And now that we've been made aware that God doesn't tempt us to do wrong, that temptation comes from our own desire which entice us and drag us away, and that these desires give birth to sinful actions, we can acknowledge faithfully that God will deliver us. And God blesses us when we patiently endure this testing and temptation. So as we move forward, I want you to pray this week for wisdom to identify your temptations and the strength to start to remove them. Move forward with complete faith in God and patience, knowing that you've already been saved from these transgressions. Pray, remembering that God wants you to seek Him for guidance. Hold nothing back this week. It's time we start to unravel ourselves. Start to address those seeds of temptation, regardless of where they are, whether they're just the initial thoughts or they're a full-blown issue. But when you do this, don't allow yourself to get stuck looking back. Because when we start to repent, when we start to recognize, I shouldn't be doing this, we start to feel these issues and we start to be told that we're wrong and we're not good enough now. It's easy to get caught up on the mistakes that we've made, giving in to temptation and start looking back. So if you take this serious, be prepared to repent. But be prepared to move forward. Because temptation is a part of our Christian walk. God is calling you to endure temptation, will you answer?